Thank you so much for joining us today on episode number 78 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Today we're going to talk about the concept of winning. What is winning as a real life runner? There's really only one winner of every race, but yet somehow when you walk around after the race, there's a lot of people smiling. So what is winning to the real life runner? This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. So I was listening to another running podcast the other day. Oh, <gasps> traitor. Uh, I know. <laughs> just kidding. There's a lot out there. You don't just of- like go around in the car listening to our podcast over and over again? I fast forward through your part. I just like <laughs> to hear my own voice because everybody loves the sound of their own voice, right? I don't think anyone likes the sound of their own voice. So I was listening to a different running podcast, um, <laughs> one on, on the, the list I cycle through, and uh, the the host brought up a very interesting concept, and he even like set it up ahead of time. He goes, all right, I'm going to say this. It's going to rustle some feathers. Some people might get upset by it. Is it rustle some feathers ruffle. or ruffle? Ruffle, not rustle. Rustle, <laughs> rustle some leaves. Or, I have no idea. So he was. He, he kind of put this warning out there of people might get bothered, people might get upset by this, but I'm going to put it out there. And he said that coaching should involve coaching people to win, and okay. and that was it. Like that was his priority. Like if you're trying to coach somebody as a runner, the goal should be to win every race that they get into. That's an interesting perspective. That was the perspective. Mm-hmm. And it was... It, <laughs> you're like, oh, I got to talk about this with Angie. She's, like, <laughs> I bet she's got some things to say about it. <laughs> oh, Angie's not going to like that. <laughs> so, but it, it was a very interesting thing. And he, he kept going. Like he had coached years back on a high school level. And he, he tried to, to continue and suggest what that... What level like, does this guy coach at now? professionals okay um and so you know his athletes literally are competing for spots on olympic teams and national teams and competing Mm. on a world-class level and yes the goal is is winning because that's what the sponsors would like you to do Mm -hmm. it's it's their preference well all of his athletes he is that's his job he is coaching them to win because they're you know the goal of the of those athletes are to make the olympic team or to win those races that's the level that he's coaching right yeah I just thought it was an interesting concept to take to a, a broader perspective right. of, well, I think more than just the coach of Olympic level athletes can coach winners. Mm-hmm. Even if the person is not finishing anywhere near the finishing tape, right. they don't, you can't see the person cross the, the first person across the finish line. There's still a lot of winners involved. Right. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And we've talked about this concept on the podcast many, many times before about what exactly does it mean to be a successful runner? What is what is victory? What are the goals? Like all these other things that we've talked about. But I like what you wrote in your outline here about how, you know, technically every race has one winner. I mean, some races have a, a male winner and a female winner, but there's one person that crosses the line first, and that is the winner of the race. But when you walk around after the race, there's a lot of smiling people, and that doesn't look like a group of losers. Yeah. I, like- there's, there's not the, I mean, there's post-race parties. Yeah. A giant group of losers does not get together and party afterwards. That's mm-hmm. not how it works. People are very excited about the accomplishment that they just did, right. whether they cross the finish line first or a thousandth. You know, you get to big marathons, people are going to finish like 20,000th in the race, and yeah. they're still going to hit up the post-race party. Oh, for sure. And 
So as you guys probably can guess, in our eyes, winning is way more than just finishing first. So I kind of look at this from, from a few different perspectives of what is winning. And the first angle is winning involves testing your limits. Yes, absolutely. You know, we've talked about this before on in order to actually win, in order to truly achieve high level success, you have to be open to the point of failure. Mm -hmm. If you're not... Uh, if you're not attempting to fail, if you're not putting yourself in a position where it could go poorly, you're not really winning. And I think that that, that can be at all sorts of different levels. You know, you don't have to win the race to be pushing yourself to your absolute physical limits. Okay, I totally see where you're going with, and I agree, but I don't No, think... she doesn't. She does not fully agree. <laughs> I can see her face. I... <laughs> you guys can't see my face right now. But I do think that winning can involve other things, which I'm going to bring up in a little bit. So continue, continue with your point. So you're saying that winning involves setting high goals, being willing to fail, and really testing your limits here. Yeah, testing both your physical and mental limits. Because so if you test your limits, yes, that's winning. That's that's winning. Like you have to be open to testing those limits. So even if you fail, then that's winning. Even if you fail, no. No, then you, you've got like this brief pause, but you at least gave yourself a shot at winning. Okay. Right? So this is the whole idea of like not everybody can win the race. That That's true. One person's crossing the line and not everybody's going to be successful on that day. Mm -hmm. You can attempt to, to do something that you've done. You can push yourself really, really far. I'm saying that you're not even opening yourself to winning if you're not pushing really hard on that day. Okay. For you, for whatever that that individual has on that day, you have to push yourself to, you know, see what you can make your body do. See what you can convince your mind to convince your body to do. Okay. I agree with that. However, on the other hand, what about people that are going out there and their goal for running is to establish a consistent habit that they do every day to maintain and improve their health. Is that not winning? Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems, I mean, it, technically they're not pushing their limits. Like you say, you know, I mean that if they're going out and they're running three miles a day, four miles, five miles a day, whatever it might be, they go out and they run their route and it sets them up better physically. They're maintaining their health. They're improving their health. They, it sets them up for their day mentally Right when you get your morning run in, we've talked about all the benefits of that mentally, physically, emotionally, psychologically. That's part of winning too, I think. I, that's that I totally is totally just threw you off. You completely did. That is totally <laughs> a perspective off of winning that was not at all where I was going. And and yes, I agree. I think that's a little soft, more fuzzy version of winning than the direction mm -hmm. I was taking it. I agree, but see, this is my my. Um, issue with what you had just said was like that was only what you said you 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 put a, a word in there that there was, was probably of, an only in there i think there was an only in there that they have to be you have to be testing your limits in order to be winning all right so then then the argument really kinda, is the argument is in order to win do you have to ever race see i don't think you do 
Oh. So you're arguing that you do. We, we might have a disagreement what? on the podcast. <laughs> See, and this is not in the outline right now. No, this not This is a, totally ad lib. Com- complete off Welcome off to air. our normal conversations because this is kind of what happens. People ask me sometimes if we script these and the answer is no, we definitely don't. No, we so, outline them. <laughs> yeah. So typically what happens for each podcast, um, just as a little aside, and because I know that people have asked me this many, many times before. Kevin is usually the one that outlines the podcast. We come up with an idea. We talk about things throughout the week, and we're like, okay, do you have any ideas for the podcast? And we'll come up with a couple topics, and then he'll usually take one and create a a rough draft of an outline, and then I'll read over it, and we'll kind of talk about it. And then we're like, okay, and I'll clarify some things that I don't quite understand what he's written. (laughs) Yeah, as long as you can read my shorthand, then most (laughs) of the- What do you mean by this? Most of the time, our podcast is just a discussion about, okay, let's, let's kind of read through and just discuss these topics. For the most part, we agree on different aspects of running, but Mm -hmm. apparently not on all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, but I don't disagree with you. I I disagree with the only part. Like, I I agree completely that if you are out there pushing your body, setting goals, working through that physical and mental fatigue and finding a place where you can like dig deep and find out new things about yourself, push your limits, that's for sure winning in my book. Um, even if you're, even if you set time goals and you don't hit them in my book, you're still winning as long as you went out there, gave it all you had, pushed yourself to the limit. Even if you might not have hit the time goal that day, you still, there was still a lot of wins that you could celebrate that day. Lots of wins that you could celebrate on that day. Right. And then there's the opposite of that. There are people that can more in in what happened to me in Key West. Mm -hmm. I did not hit my time goal. I won the race. Mm -hmm. I did not hit as fast as I wanted to. So there were a lot of people that came up afterwards. They're like, oh, you did awesome. I'm like, yeah, I was hoping to get three minutes faster. And uh, then I feel like a jerk saying that. Right, right. Because you're the winner. (laughs) Because I won. Yeah. And I was like, I know, but I was really hoping the conditions would be better. Somebody, like, I would have taken second and and five minutes faster in the race, actually. I don't know if you would have, though. Your goal going into that race was to win you told me that and you even even after the race you said i ran that race kind of stupid just so that i could win the race i know like you pulled away purposely to drop that kid so that you you had every chance to win the race versus actually setting yourself up for a consistent pace to hit a pr oh there's no way i was pring that race or to to hit a better time once we were on you know, two hour delay and weather conditions right. and all sorts of other stuff. It was purely go for the win. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's why I ran it that way. I'm saying like the, the whole circumstances would have needed to change. Mm-hmm. Like it would have needed to have better, you know, not windy and have like a group of, of people up at the front right. that was all pushing a lead pack that was going roll with. Yeah. Right. There was a lead pack for like a half mile and then there was a lead pair for two miles. Yeah. If you have a lead pack that you can roll with for at least half the race or more, that makes life much up, nicer Yeah, that are all pushing each other and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, that's an interesting perspective right there. You know, like the winner of the race didn't really, wasn't necessarily happy on all fronts with his performance. Uh, have, have you ever been completely happy on all fronts at the end of a race? Mm, that's a good question. You know, if you stop and look afterwards, the more you analyze it, the more you're like, ooh, I could have gotten off of this. I mean, I was pretty darn happy after Key West. You were remarkably happy after Key West. There was really, I mean, there was, wasn't was really negatives. I was running with everybody that I loved. I mean, it was your, you know, 
our first race together, so many friends in the race. I ran my PR that I totally didn't expect. Right, but what was the PR that you ran? 153.01. Uh-huh, 153.01. And what'd you say <laughs> after the race? <laughs> See? Yeah. Every race, if you start pulling at threads, there's something that you can nitpick. Right. There was the guy who just almost set the world record. He's got it now um, on the indoor mile. And he almost had it. And his time missed the world record by like one hundredth of a second or like two hundredths. I forget what it was. And so they had this like picture of he crossed the finish line here. It was like the freeze frame of the finish line. And they had artificially drawn in a line of where the world record was Mm. relative to his chest crossing the line. He literally lost, missed the world record. It was like three centimeters. (laughs) <laughs> like that's how close he was and he came back and got the world record like a week and a half later right. so don't feel too bad for this guy but right. like that's that's the fastest time ever run in the world and he missed it by a few hundreds of a second mm-hmm. so then all the message boards on on you know, the running internet is all like oh man if he had just started the race like this or if he hadn't had to go around that runner or if he had mm-hmm. cut this turn like mm-hmm. You know, and it's a what track. What if that like other runner wasn't in the race? Exactly. Yeah. Like, there's so many things. And, oh, man, if if that pacer had taken him out exactly at this pace instead mm-hmm. of this one, that you can question everything after a race. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it, it throws the whole celebration of a win into, uh, into a bit of a chaos. Yeah, for sure. But let's get back on track here. So we're talking about how winning involves testing your limits. Is there anything else that you wanted to put into that category. All right. So you suggest that you can test your limits outside of a race. Mm-hmm. The, the setup of this regular pattern. and Well, that's not really, that's not testing your limits. I think, like, I think it could you know, be outside of your other categories. Oh, outside of my other categories. Yeah, I, my only, the only reason I even brought it up right now instead of waiting was just because of that one word. Okay. Only. Sure. <laughs> All right, my, my We're next... going to have to go back, like, when I listen to this as I'm editing it to see if you even said only. I, <laughs> I might have to cut this whole part out. I'm pretty sure I dropped it. <laughs> All right, um, my, my other big one, winning involves not compromising on your priorities. Okay. okay. I've got a few things coming up in this one. Let's do it. This is the whole real-life runners. Mm-hmm. What are your priorities? What are the things that you want to spend the most time on? Mm-hmm. One of the big priorities that we have is spending time with our kids. Yes. One of the big priorities that a lot of our running people have is they want to spend time with their family. Mm-hmm. So it's not a crazy stretch of of running philosophy mm-hmm. to say that you could be faster running 40 miles a week than 20 miles a week. Okay. But if you're running 40 miles a week versus 20, you're probably going to end up spending less time with your family. Right. So winning involves running as fast as you can, in in my take on it, but while not compromising your priorities. Okay, given your circumstances. Given your circumstances. So, I mean, that's kind of what I was saying then, right? In a way? Yes. Is basically like the people that are incorporating running successfully into their lives and all of the benefits that running brings them are winning in, in those respects. I mean, that's kind of what you're saying here is that you're not compromising your priorities in your life in order to make more gains in running. Like you could be faster, you could be better, you could, you know, go out and train for a marathon, but that's not the phase of your life that you're in right now. Right. Yeah. You like to talk about the the different seasons of life and mm-hmm. you emphasize different things, you know, um, and, and yeah, it's, it, 
it says, what am I going to prioritize right now? And if you're still going out and racing and we've, we've talked to runners that we coach and, and different kids that I've coached over the years, they're like, yeah, this next race isn't going to go well. You know, I, I get this all the time from my high school kids. They're like, I had four tests this week, so I'll give you what I can give you on Saturday morning. Yeah. But coach, I don't know. I don't yeah. know what I've got. Well, and that is winning. Are, are you the best that you can be on that day, given all the circumstances of your real life. Yeah. And I mean, they said it right there. Like they, that shows that that kid was listening. Yeah. I don't know how good it's going to be, but I'll give you what I can. Yeah. And in my, in my opinion, that's the win right. is I'll give you what I possibly can. But that also ties back into number two of testing your limits then. Yes. Right. I mean, I think it does. If, if you're racing, then I will give you what I can considering everything that's been going on. I'm still going to test my limits. My limits might just be lower than they normally are. Right. I wrote it here in the, in the outline. I said every race has an asterisk. You know, what were your circumstances around that one? Right. Was it weather? Was yeah. it time? Like this is time of day. This was my five K PR given ninety ninety degrees outside, ninety five percent humidity. Mm-hmm. This was my five K PR um pre kids. Right. This was yeah, my the, a lot of the girls in my running group, like have, there's there's our pre kid and post and post-kid kid PRs. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, and it, it's a huge asterisk on there. You know, I, your body has, has sizable changes before and after a kid. Mm-hmm. My sleep pattern had sizable changes before and after a kid. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's a lot going on in there. And yeah. that's, that's a pretty big asterisk to put up in the corner above your races. Yeah, for sure. But it, what are your priorities and what are you able to do performance wise on that day, given those priorities? Right. Right. So those tie into each other for sure. And I mean, that, I guess that is still different though than the point that I was making, because the point that I was making is you don't have to be racing to be winning. Right. Your point is you don't have to be racing. And I, I, I'm sorry. I disagree with you. (laughs) I just do. Wait, what? But what about number four? Everybody can win is not a celebration of participation trophies. Yes. Okay. So what do you mean by that? Okay. So you don't have to be the greatest runner in the entire world. Okay. Okay. I, I'm not a big fan of the whole everybody get I, everybody gets a trophy. No, we don't like participation trophies in this house. We just don't. Uh, sort of. Okay. We you mean know. Sort of. You know who loves participation trophies? Our kids. No. Every finisher of a marathon. Okay. Right. I guess that's true. Every finisher of a marathon. Yeah, there's all the bling. Yes, bling chasers. Those are participation trophies. And you can go online and you can buy places where you can hang all of your your race medals and things like mm-hmm. that. These are in fact participation trophies. But they're <laughs> they're a celebration of how hard did you actually push. I've got a bunch of these finishers medals and there are some that I would consider hanging on there of this is what this race meant for me. This is what this race meant for me. And there's other ones where I'm like, okay, yeah, I crossed the finish line. That's a nice medal. But in my head, I view it more as a participation because I don't think that I fell under the first categories. I don't think that I really pushed myself as hard as I could. Mm -hmm. It's the difference between 
why, why are you so proud of that? Are you so proud because you physically overcame what you never thought you could? Mm-hmm. You know, the medal from the first marathon you've of ever run. That's a great one. Yeah. If you never thought you could ever possibly be a runner and you cross the finish line, they give you a medal for your local 5K. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like that is comparable to Olympic medal because it is something that you never thought you could do. Yes, it's technically a participation trophy, but it falls into those previous categories of you're pushing yourself to a place that you never thought you could. Mm -hmm. Now keep pushing and... see how high up the up the ladder you can climb mm-hmm. you know it's it's pushing against yourself it's pushing against that person that you saw in a race a month ago oh last month they were faster than me now i'm faster than them so now you're winning relative to that person it's winning in your age group it's winning on a local level you can keep climbing up the ladder or you could look at it the other way of saying how specific do you need to get you're still competing and you're still trying to win mhm I like it. No, you don't. No, yes, I do. No, you totally disagree with me. I know it. I totally (laughs) agree with you. I just, it's funny because you just framed the race medals a little differently for me. And I'm not quite sure what to do with that right now. (laughs) You're not quite sure if you're happy about it. I'm not. Well, because I know, like, I I like exactly what you said because I, I do like. The idea that every medal stands for something, and some medals don't. Like, and and I agree with that. Like personally, um, there are some medals that I've of races that I've just run um, that I haven't really pushed myself. I haven't run a PR. I haven't tried necessarily to run a PR. Right. Um, but those aren't really that. I don't have many of those to be because I the races that I run. That's because I you much don't try. race very often. I don't run right. I don't. Most race. of your races in, involve really pushing yourself. Right, right, and some don't go as well as others. And so those ones, like if I, even if I push, if it doesn't go well, I'm kind of like. Eh. that's how i feel about certain race shirts like like there are race shirts that i will put on simply to motivate myself because i did poorly in that race really remember when you were stupid and you ran this race really really dumb and you ended up losing it because you were stupid at the beginning of it i'll put that shirt on and then i'll go do a workout and be like okay don't be dumb don't be dumb Really? Oh, completely. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, I still have, I've got medals, I've got shirts, I've got various things, because I know exactly what happened in all those races. That's so interesting. So you use even the negative ones as motivators to push you in the future. Yes. Huh. I don't often like to put the shirts on, but there's a reason why I still have, like, random race shirts from when we were in college, because there was one race from when we were in college that I got second because I did something really, really dumb early in the race. It worked out okay, because I won a gift certificate, and we went out to dinner on, like, one of our first fancy dates. (laughs) But I got second because I did something really stupid, and I kept that shirt for a long time to teach me the lesson don't do that again. Oh, that's interesting. That's is that why you wear the the one race that you do, typically do every April? You wear <laughs> the gray one much more than the blue one. I don't like that race. You don't re- wear the blue shirt like hardly ever. <laughs> I think I gave the blue. I think I put the blue you shirt. You might in, have given it away. I think it's in one of the kids' drawers, and they have two of that shirt, and yeah. they just sleep in it, and I never wear it. Yeah, because you didn't win that year. I don't like that race. You didn't like that year, that, that oh, race I'll, that I year. I will be back this April. Are you going to run it this year? Yeah. I'm, I'm ramping up for that. But okay. uh, I did not enjoy that particular version of that race. And no. so, no, I don't. I, I'm not even sure that that shirt is in my drawer. I think it's one of the girls and they sleep in it. <laughs> 
Yeah, that you that you that did not go well. But okay, so no, I totally agree with what you're saying as far as these medals can s- signify different things to different people. So what you're saying is you're not a big fan of just the whole bling chaser idea. Like people that just run the race just to get the medals, even if they're not pushing themselves. I, like just just to complete the race. I have no problem with those. I think that those, those are runners and they, they're into it. And most people who go into a race... Uh, the the bling chaser category, right. if you will, fully accept their title. Okay. That they're going into it because, have you seen the finisher's medal? Oh, yeah. There's lots of people that do that for the medal. And I don't think that many of them would be annoyed if I suggested that they weren't going in to win. Okay. Like No, I would I would say that a lot of them that do that are are going into it fully aware that they're just running the race to finish it to get the medal. Which puts them into a completely different category. They're not trying to win. Okay. And by win, I don't mean cross the finish line first. I mean push yourself, see how much you can do, mm-hmm. understand the circumstances around you, but still push yourself. They're mm-hmm. doing it to cross the finish line and get that medal. Okay. But in their mind, that might that's winning. And you're saying no. I, I disagree. Okay. Let's go back to my thing that I brought up earlier then. Okay. Okay. There's the runner that does not race, that just has their loop that they like to run. Um, I hope I'm not going to, I'm not going to be like offending some of our listeners here with this question. You're not offending anybody. I'm offending all sorts of people. Yeah. Um, but they decide that they just like to run for, for fun and for health. And, and that's winning in their mind. You're saying that's not winning. I'm saying that they could try pushing themselves. Of course they could. More, more than they currently are. Mm-hmm. And I think that but it But some would people be, don't want to. I know. I think that it would be interesting to see what happened if they push themselves. I think that I think that a lot of people like their little loop. They like their routine. And they, this is what they do. It's part of their healthy routine. And I think that's great. I just don't think that they... They automatically have ruled themselves outside of the category of racing. They're they're winning in the overall spectrum of of health and life. Okay, so that's that's kind of what I was saying. That's what you're saying is they're they're not helping them to win at life. Yes, they're winning at life. I don't think that you could categorize them as as winning at running. But I don't think that if they ranked their priorities, that running it falls under the category of general health. It's one of the things they do in their general health category. They would, mm. if, if they've got this, like they've got a routine, they've got their strength, they've got their run they do, they've got whatever else they've got going. It falls into the same categories like eating healthy. It's part of their health routine. Do you think they would call themselves a runner? They, oh, they 100% are a runner. Don't get me wrong on that. They are completely a runner, but they're not. Or would they call themselves a runner? Oh, no. A lot of that group does not call themselves runners. Like, I feel like those people don't necessarily identify as runners. Yeah, they should. Yeah. They should identify as runners. They probably don't. I think you get a lot of people out of that group that's like, oh, I'm not really a runner because I don't race. And Mm -hmm. that's not what makes you a runner at all. Right. Like... Like, because you'll hear these ones. Oh, I don't, I'm not really a runner. I mean, I run like five miles four or five times a week. What? Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Not really a runner. Yeah, of course you're a runner. <laughs> but, um, but they're, they're not a racer. So they're not literally trying to push themselves. They're not trying to push themselves. Right. They, right. It's, it's 
part of their personality. Mm-hmm. They're winning in the big picture, right. but they're not. If you if you narrow it down just to the running aspect of their life, they're not actually trying to win that one. Mm-hmm. They have fully accepted that they're not trying to win that because to them, winning in the bigger picture is more important. Right. So we're agreeing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. We're good. Whew. We can sleep in little, the same bed tonight. I got a little nervous. Couch was <laughs> not looking that comfy. <laughs> it's not covered in laundry tonight, though. I know, but it's still cold. <laughs> <laughs> not real cold for any of our northern listeners. It's, you know, Florida cold on the couch. Air conditioning cold. It's air conditioning cold. Air conditioning cold can get pretty cold sometimes. Yeah, when, I am wearing when a sweater. In, when you're in charge of the thermostat, it gets cold. But it, I don't keep the house that cold compared to some people. <laughs> I mean, 73, 74 is not cold. It's chilly. It's chilly in here, though. But even your parents, when they were here, agreed. Like they were like, "Gosh, you guys keep the house cold at night." And I know they they come from down Northern California. <laughs> they where come it's down to colder. Florida, and they have to pack long sleeves because they know that once it hits seven o'clock at night, everybody's got to bundle up in the house. It's so funny to me. <laughs> I mean, seventy four, seventy three is not cold, right? But you put on long sleeves every night. Yeah, because I get cold, but oh. I'm always cold. But most people aren't. All right. Anyway, that's enough of that. <laughs> Okay, let's get back on track here. So winning involves pushing yourself to your limits to see how good you can get is basically the summary of this episode, right? This coach said you have to coach people to win, and you're saying as long as you coach people to keep pushing themselves out of their comfort zone beyond the limits that they had set for themselves, then that is winning, As long as regardless you, of where they finish in the actual race. Yeah, and you have to take into account you know, other circumstances in their lives and other things that they've, they've prioritized, mm-hmm. which like that was, that was one of the things that made me think, okay, one, you're going to find a very interesting take on, on that statement. And two, there are kids on my team right now who are like, Coach, I've got this and I've got this and I've got this. They've got all this other stuff lining up academically that they're missing practice on a regular basis. And not only are they missing practice, but they're missing practice. And during that like two hour window, they're doing all this extra test prep stuff. And then they've got all of their homework for their classes. So they're able to get in like a two or three mile run, maybe that afternoon, or maybe it's just becoming an off day. So they're not getting anywhere near as fast as I was hoping they would this season. And they were kind of worried and nervous to tell me about it. Yeah. Cause I don't know. I think they don't want to let you down. These kids look up to you a lot. And and they thought that I was going to be disappointed that they weren't going to be able to quote unquote win. And I'm like, well, look, here's the thing, you know, on our team, we have student athletes, right? There's a reason why you're called student athletes and not athletic students. Right. Like school comes first right now. You guys are all prioritizing school. Mm -hmm. That's, not an issue. Like, yes, I don't teach any of you, so I don't see you on the academic side. So yes, as purely just on, on the, on a running coaching perspective, it's a bit of annoyance, but it doesn't bother me when I look at it from a big picture because down the road, it probably matters more that you're able to get your grades where they need to be, get your test scores where they need to be rather than drop another five seconds off of your mile PR. Right. Even though test scores and all that baloney don't even get me started on that well yes this is a whole nother whole nother path we could dive down well here's you know you just when you said that that made me think about the um tennis players that i've been treating lately 
Oh, yes, you were coaching. Which is a totally different perspective. It's the complete opposite perspective. The complete of that. opposite. Yeah, because so you're talking about student athletes, right? They're, they're prioritizing their academics and their athletics come first. I've been recently working with one of the tennis academies here in South Florida doing some physical therapy, and I've been treating a lot of the academy students. Now, these students. Go. They play tennis full time. They have tennis in the morning. They've got conditioning later in the morning. Then they take a little break and then they come back for more lessons and more tennis. So they're basically playing tennis full time and they're going to school on the side. So their priority is tennis. Yes, they've completely flipped the entire spectrum. Right. They they are athletic students. Right. And so the like in their mind, their their winning is very concrete like are they getting enough points so they can move up to the next level in the tennis association so that they can then play in the tournaments and those are the goals that they're setting they're setting those performance goals that they're trying to get up and be number one yes their their only goal is literally winning as in going out and winning a tennis match so that you can continue climbing rankings. That's it. keep winning and winning and winning tennis matches. Everything else is secondary to that. Everything is secondary. Right. Uh, I'm saying from a, on on the real life runner side of it. And I think that that's really what we've got. Well, that's kind of the view that that coach was taking. That was completely the view that coach. Because he was But when you're only coaching elite athletes, that probably should be the view that you're taking. Right. I I just, uh, you know. Because that's why these kids are in the, these tennis academies that they come in at such a young age and they're playing tennis full time with that goal in mind. Yeah, no, I mean the goal is before you professional. Yeah, the before you you get well into your 20s, you hopefully you're you've hit the national tour while you're still mm-hmm. in your teens. Yes. And and some of them that I mean that's what they're shooting that, for. That's the goal. Some that's, of them are on that. Yeah, and that's that takes a whole different level and then then winning is purely from an athletic standpoint. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes you kind of took us down the route of, of pushing at a really, really young age. Yeah. Which is not always the, the healthiest long-term view. Yeah, we're not going to get into that in this episode, though, no, I don't think. I don't, I don't think we should go there. Yeah, I don't think we need to get into that. Maybe another day. <laughs> sure. Maybe another day. But... It's just it's just very interesting to, to think about the two different perspectives of what winning actually is, depending on exactly what you said on your priorities. Yeah, and I mean, there are definitely, there are times where we show up at, at track meets or cross-country meets, and I'm like, man, I wish we finished a little higher on the team standings. Yeah. And then you, you talk to the kids on our team, and how happy they are, and the other things that they're doing in your life, and you're like... No, I think we did just fine today. Well, and and you look at some of the other schools and the athletes on those teams, that's their path to college. Yes. They are track is what they're putting all of their the eggs are going in that basket. So they're training harder. Though that's more of their priority. And school is not necessarily. Yes. You know, maybe they're not you know, as strong academically as they are athletically. And so they've decided to put more time and effort where their strengths are. Right. Which is, you know, not the worst idea is mm-hmm. find your strengths, keep, keep working those. I mean, especially if that's going to be able to take you a step forward. Is trying to find your strengths. So you could argue that, that, that road. 
you could argue that those kids have won because they're prioritizing athletics and, and other kids are winning because they're prioritizing more of a balance or they're prioritizing academics. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, you got to try and figure out what your strong suit is, especially if you can use that to take you to another level. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got these super athletic kids that are using ath- athletics to get them to colleges that their grades probably wouldn't do. Right. Which gets them into college, which can get them f- to whatever they're doing post-college mm-hmm. that might not have been available without sports getting them right. there in the first place. Exactly, because then they go to a good school. I mean, look at the football players at Notre Dame or that different athletes, and then, then you're, all of a sudden you have this alumni network, yes. and you're then connected to that university for the rest of your life. That just opens doors for you that would not be open otherwise. Yeah, I've, there's there's a lot of parents that have talked to us over the years about, you know, could my kid use running to get into a college? And it's like, yes, your kid could run in college right now. What's what's the goal? What college? Yeah. Right. Like, you, if you get to a certain level, you can use running to probably get you, if, if you're fast enough, you could use running to get you to a level of college maybe a little bit higher than your grades would have gotten you on your own. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's, that's your step in to try and climb up just a little bit higher. Right, but then there are some kids that could have gotten into a better college academically, yes. but they wanted to run, but they weren't good enough to run at a Division One school. <laughs> so they chose, even though they had the grades to get into a better school, they chose to go to a smaller school that wasn't as hard to get into just so that they could become a, a part of the running program there. Right, and and. Depending on how you set your priorities, both of those could be good or bad choices. Mm -hmm. One of them could be getting you academically over your head, Mm -hmm. and one of them could be getting you... Like There are plenty of of professional athletes that have come out of smaller D2, D3 schools Uh where the coach seemed to take more care of them. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of these, you know, even on like a cross-country level, Mm -hmm. where these bigger schools have, they way over recruit. They get a huge amount of kids plus a bunch of walk-ons. They run a race and they're like, all right, top seven, you're, you're the team. Yeah. And they're Nick Simmons. Yeah. I mean, he went to a D3 school, I think, right? And, and turned into a heck of an 800 meter runner. Yeah. Um, silver medalist. Yeah. And you're, you're doing well when you've got Olympic, Olympic medals in your, uh, they, those those can hang nicely on a yeah, on a metal. I think we would get a very special metal hanger. In the room <laughs> nice nice metal hanger. <laughs> I don't think we need a clear wall space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Where do you want? Where do we? Where should we wrap this up? No, I think I think let's just summarize real quick here of winning. Winning is pushing yourself within the the constraints that you have around you not the limits around you but the circumstances around you mm-hmm. it's pushing yourself outside your limits really you know within your life and priorities like and i think it's also in a way reevaluating your priorities yes i mean it really it requires a to to carefully look at those priorities right. see where you want to spend your most time and make mm-hmm. sure that that you are spending time on things that you want to be excelling at mm-hmm. and not wasting time on whatever else right. so what do you think are you winning right now according to kevin's definition are you pushing yourself beyond your limits are you giving it your all when you go out there and you run and you race, ask yourself, see where you stand. Let us know if you want to reach out. We'd love to hear from you. 
And if you have a question or something that's on your minds, a topic that you might like us to talk about, shoot us an email. You can find us at kevin at realliferunners.com, angie at realliferunners.com, or support at realliferunners.com. Shoot us an email if you have any questions or ideas or suggestions for the show because we absolutely love hearing from all of you and getting to know you a little bit better. So for our show notes and for information about our Facebook tribe and any of our coaching programs, you can head over to the website at realliferunners.com and get all the information you need over there. Thank you guys for joining us today and we'll talk to you next week.